This is episode 12, so I think it is going to be the final episode of the season. Can we do that? Can we do seasons? That would be so cool. I don't know if we could do that. If we can't, then whatever, this is not exciting. But if we can, then whoop whoop, we finished one season and I will see all of y'all in 2020. Actually, regardless, I will see all of y'all in 2020 because this is the last episode of the year because uh, it's final season, then it's Christmas, and it's winter break, and everyone needs a break, including you, all right? You don't need to listen to this anymore, my faithful five friends. Um, what was I thinking about today? I was thinking about John Mulaney, and I was just thinking, why the fuck is John Mulaney so funny? Like, we all know he's funny, but what is it about him? Because he doesn't make sex jokes, really. I don't know if any of you have noticed that. None of John Mulaney's stand-up is, like, based on sex. Like, most stand-up comedians will talk about, like, sex, or weed, or drugs, but not him. He talks about his wife. He talks about how much he loves his wife, and he talks about art, and he talks about his childhood, and somehow he's still funnier than everybody else. And so I was thinking, why is it? And I think it's because he has the same mentality on life as like our generation, right? He just like the whole, the whole whatever, Gen Z attitude. I vibe with it, and that's why we love John Mulaney. Anyway, um, how are you? Maybe you haven't asked yourself that. Ask yourself, bitch, how am I? And the answer should be good because you are amazing. Look at yourself in the mirror and be like, hell yeah, I am amazing. And then think it doesn't fucking matter because it's final season. And you know what comes with final season? Winter break. And if you are an adult which I don't know how many adults actually take their time to listen to this. If any of you are adults that take your time to listen to this, bro, big ups to you. Snaps. Snaps all the way, man. You deserve a fucking award. But if you are a child, because we're children, um, I feel like people forget that. Does no one realize that we're children? Literally, our school's football team played 16 games this season. That's how much an NFL team plays. And I don't even know anything about sports, and I know that. You can't do that to a bunch of 17-year-olds and then expect them to be perfectly fine. They have been playing since August to fucking the end of December. That's incredible. They're not human. They're children, and you're ruining them. And also, they're all concussed. This is why I don't do sports. Anyway, I just think people forget that we're kids fuck what was i talking about about us being children ah yes 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 if you are a child i.e in high school that means or college i still think we're children we're really children until we're like 21 and i'll probably agree with myself when i'm 21 still because like i don't know what i'm doing i still need my mom to tell me what's going on i'll have a sore throat and i'll be like ma do i have strep when really i just like ate ice cream in two degree weather anyway You should be having finals either starting this week or next week. And I just want to, 
I just want to transfer some positive energy, dudes, because you deserve it. And you deserve to do super well on all of your finals. So just like, if you're studying for finals and you're really stressed about finals or you're really stressed about the end of the year because with the end of the year comes a lot of closure and this idea of like starting over or a rebirth, uh, just, take a, just take a second and really just think about everything that's happened in the last year and let all the shitty things go and breathe in all the new things about yourself that you really, really like be really happy with who you are and take all that pressure off finals you'll do better yeah i don't know i think when you aren't pressured to be a thing or like in this case get an a you actually get the thing you wanted without having the pressure to get it Basically what I'm saying is when you pressure yourself to want something, you're basically creating a barrier for yourself to get to that thing. Versus if you just like want something, but don't let the pressure like bog you down, you'll be perfectly fine. And the same thing goes for like the college admissions process. Dude, that pressure is fucking a lot. And all of us are stressing ourselves out. And I just think maybe if we're just calm and we just are okay everything will be okay although we don't know i might hear back from college and they're like ha 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 psych dude you fucking suck and then i'm wrong i'm wrong so don't take my words too seriously i have not gotten into a college yet my friend has and my other friend has which i think is phenomenal but not me Everyone should be finding out literally this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then all of next week. I'm sweating talking about it because I think in my head, it's just like wherever my life is going to go, the way that it gets there is determined by this, right? And now it's out of my hands. I wrote my application and I wait and it all depends on like the lady. I know that my, my admissions person is a lady. It could be a guy. Uh, the lady sitting in her chair, eating cookies and reading it. And maybe they ran out of chocolate chip cookies and she's reading oat- she's eating oatmeal raisin while reading my application. And she's like, damn, fuck these oatmeal raisin cookies. And then she looks at my paper she's like, fuck this kid, man. But like, maybe it wouldn't have happened if someone had just given her fucking chocolate chip cookies and there's nothing I could do about it. And then I could go to that school with the oatmeal raisin cookies or maybe at a completely different school, the guy like woke up and he had a great cup of coffee and he was like, hell yeah, it's a good day. And then he picks up my application and he was like, hell yeah, it's a good day. And he puts it in the yes pile. And it just depends, man. And going to either of those institutions will be wonderful, right? I'm not concerned about being shitty. I'm just, it's just different. Like my life it might end up the same exact way in the very end, right? At the very end, maybe my dream of being some big shot John Mulaney-like Bill Hader child will come true, but the whole process on how I get there is now, because now is the in-between in that process, right? I figured out what I wanted to do when I was 16, I'm still 16, and then I kind of want to do that before I turn, I don't know, 36. And so in the, in the middle 20 years, one of the most integral parts is college and where it takes me. And not in like a pressury way of like, if I don't get into this college, none of my dreams will come true. Just in the sense that how I get to my dream 
vastly changes based on which college I go to. I mean, if I go to a college in New York City, then like that's gonna be completely different than going to a college in the middle of fucking nowhere just because of where it is. Or if I go to a college that focuses a lot on a liberal arts degree versus something that's very vocational, that changes how my life is gonna turn out and not in like a, my life's gonna suck kind of way, just like, whoa, right? I mean, it's like looking at the butterfly effect but before it actually happens, because usually you don't realize how important things are until after they've happened. For me, like I basically met my best friends all through, like in every instance of my life, I've met them from a series of coincidences. And so like uh, this summer, uh, I was at a like writing camp for hippies and which I loved I loved it with all my heart it just made me really love myself and it changed my whole viewpoint on like everything that I stood for or wanted from life and it really made me believe that I was worth something it was incredible and uh I met all my like best friends that I made there because one day I was waiting in line to get ice cream and they ran out of ice cream cones so they had to go get ice cream cones from the back there's only one other girl who's waiting for them to refill their ice cream cone stock everyone else was like whatever I'll just get it later and they left and so I talked to this girl I was like hi like you know in the bathroom I see you doing your hair and I just think wow your hair is actual goals and she was like no oh my god you are so pretty and there was just like this positivity and I was like wow and then later that day I was just walking around and then I asked them if I could sit at their table and they were like hell yeah and then we became best friends just everyone at that table it was incredible it was just a series of coincidences what if they didn't run out of ice cream cones huh what if the girl before me didn't want a cone and she wanted a cup and then i took the last cone and then i didn't wait there and we didn't talk to one another we don't know what the fuck would have happened when i was a freshman i uh was part of the debate team but i wasn't like an important part of the debate team or anything i was just there and there was one day where it was really really hot outside and so I decided that I would go wait in the debate room even though they didn't need freshmen there that day and then I was just there and then this guy walked in and was my like my partner canceled on me is there a partner and then I was just sitting there and then the coach was like yeah take Shenba and then I did and then I remember I skipped dance class to go to that tournament and if I decided that dance class was more important that year because that was the year I done my iron gauge room then maybe none of those things would have happened but I decided to go to this tournament and we won I mean we made it all the way to semifinals and then uh my partner was a sophomore and sophomores were promised to go to Stanford if they won at one tournament really like they ranked really highly and then he was like hey Wait, I can still go to Stanford, but I'd have to go to Shenba, right? And usually you don't take freshmen. And he was like, yeah, we'll take Shenba. And so I got dragged on this trip to Stanford with a bunch of upperclassmen. And I just had the absolute time of my life. And I just, that wouldn't have happened if it just wasn't fucking really hot that day or if I decided to go to any other room or, you know, anything like that. And in the complete same regard, but complete opposite, in eighth grade, it was super, super rainy outside. And I had nowhere to go. Uh, because the library was closed. Whenever the library is closed, my life changes. And I couldn't figure out where to go and it was freezing. And I knew that a couple of my friends were part of the creative writing club, but I was like, ew, fuck like creative writing. I'm not an English person. I don't want to hang out with my English teacher. Uh, but I went and they were playing apples to apples and there was like magnetic poetry. And then we did this activity where we pulled categories out of a hat and we just started writing about them. And I wrote something and I heard positive feedback from my English teacher and I'd never really heard positive feedback about anything before. And I just really liked English for that brief moment because I just gotten positive feedback. And at that point in your life, you like anything that you're good at. And 
I believe that I was good at it just for a second. So then I wrote another thing and she was like, wow, you actually, you're actually pretty good at this. And she gave me more. And then I started to write poems and they weren't very good. And I have a feeling that she was just maybe lying through her teeth, but she could see that it made a difference. Like I felt happier. And so basically for seven years after that, I've written seven, six, six, six years after that. What? What is eight plus six? 14? What is 12 minus eight? Four, but like you have to count eight, five, five years after that. Yeah. Wait, eight to nine is one year. Nine to 10 is another. 10 to 11, 11, to, four years. Okay, it's only been four years. It feels like seven people. It fucking feels like seven. You know, seven years is a whole child anyway. Four years later, I write poetry all the time and I think that it's like the most important thing in my life and it's absolutely changed everything. I mean, I, I grew up wanting to be an architect. Um, then I changed my mind and I wanted to be a lawyer, not because I wanted to be a lawyer, because I thought that was the only respectable field that involved English at the time. And, you know, mostly because I was really terrified of disappointing people. I didn't want to be like, ha ha ha, I want to write poetry. And then I did. I was like, guys, I want to write a book. And everyone, no one took me seriously. I was like, no, you don't understand. I really want to write a book. And people were like, ha ha ha. And by people, I literally mean everybody that I'm related to and also my closest friends. Like people that are supposed to be your support system at that point laughed at me, which is not, never laughed a 13 year old in front of their face. All right. Unless they deserve it. Okay. 13 year olds are a very tricky subject because that's the time where they learn everything inexplicitly. So like sometimes you have to laugh at a 13 year old. Otherwise they're never going to learn. But then other times you have to be like, no, no, they're being serious and you have to take them seriously. Um, so at that point, I had started writing poetry, and I realized that I really wanted to be a writer, and around 10th grade, I had discovered the beautiful world of comedy, and I realized that I didn't want to just be a writer-writer, I wanted to be a writer in the entertainment industry, because I was also so depressed that all I did was binge-watch TV. I'm, I think it's crazy that my origin story of the one thing that gave me purpose in life was literally the one thing I would do to avoid feeling like I had no purpose in life. I was a very depressed like teenager. I say that like I'm not a teenager anymore, but I'm not a depressed teenager anymore. But I was really, really like emotionally fucked up. And I'd be like, you know what? I don't really wanna think about this right now. I'm just gonna watch Dead Poet Society. Um, Dead Poet Society, fun fact, abs like I know it's not like the most phenomenal movie in the world, right? There. Are a lot of other movies that are just more of a work of art than Dead Poet Society, but Dead Poet Society really changed my life in like a weird way because I grew up watching a lot of Indian movies. I did not watch American movies or listen to American music, right? Like people were like, what, your parents have never played this? I was like, bitch, when my dad was fucking 14, he didn't listen to this. He listened to Ilay Raja, but like, we don't get into that. Um, so I grew up very, like, entrenched in the Indian culture, and not in a negative way, because I love all of the, those aspects of Indian culture. If you've met me, you know that I know every song ever. Um, but around the age of 14 was when I, which is only two years ago, was the first time I actually really started to watch any, like, classics or listen to anything like I knew who the Beatles were but I'd like never really listened to them until I was 13 years old and so a lot of those things at that point in my life is when I started to just really become cultured 
And so Dead Poet Society was one of the first movies that I'd watched, and I was very, very, like, on edge about life at that time. And when I watched the movie, I could feel Neil Perry in, like, a very spiritual way. And when Neil Perry kills himself, which is a spoiler for any of you who haven't watched Dead Poet Society, uh, when Neil Perry kills himself, I felt like that was me. And then the, you know, 40 minutes that comes after Neil Perry dies is this, is this feeling of pain from all of his friends that I'd never even thought about Uh, And I just realized that I was being really selfish when I felt like I didn't belong here because it never occurred to me that anybody would miss me. And when I watched that movie and I saw Neil Perry and I felt like angry that they killed him, I was like, how could the writers kill Neil Perry, huh? What? Why? We loved him. And then I, I realized in that, in that moment that like there had to be someone out there who felt that way about me. And not even like in the sense that I was their number one or anything, which I think is what I wanted at that time. I just wanted someone to prioritize me as a number one. I realized that regardless, someone cared about me enough that they would be sad. And so I couldn't do anything drastic. And it was this weird, twisted way of thinking about life but in my head at that time it was just better than making someone feel the pain of loss and a couple months after that one of my friends and I were talking and I basically said like sometimes I was just too scared to like actually fully you know follow through on the action of suicide but I I really did want to do it. And he looked at me and he said, you know, if you really wanted to do it, if you really thought that's where your life was headed, you would have done it already. But for whatever reason, you hesitated the first time. Whatever weird reason that is, it's good enough of a reason to stay here forever. And I was like, wow, you're right. And then one of my other friends was like, also, suicide's fucking cowardly. Which kind of hit more than anything anyone had ever said to me because my Gryffindor ass was offended. Really? You're going to call me cowardly? But I really think that at the end of the day, the thing that I, that I used as a justification to continue onward with like all of life was that whatever reason made me hesitate was a reason that I'm here. And I don't know it. My subconscious knows it, but I, like my my mind, doesn't know it consciously, but it's there. And it's it's so part of who I am that my subconscious got involved in a really big decision in my life. And so I always think when it like we discuss like why are we alive or why are we here, that like it's something that we have to do that without us would never happen. Because we were put here on this fucking weird ass planet in the first place for some weird reason and that reason doesn't have to be drastic or big but we're here to do it and if we just end it then we fuck up a lot of shit man we really gotta value our life and realize that we are good 
And I think that was the biggest thing I realized as a 14-year-old. And that's the rant that stemmed from me asking how you are and hoping the answer was good. I really hope you are all well. And I will see you all in 2020. That'll probably be an episode about being reborn or some shit. Hindus and reincarnation.